for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it hey buddy hello tony how you doing buddy good um can you hear me i can hear you can you hear me yes yes okay i didn't get a light on my microphone Okay, cool. Let me see. Happy Interactive Day weekend, man. Hell yeah. (laughs) This is the celebration of uh, what, a bunch of armed drunk psychos that uh, took over the government? Like, took back the government? Like, it's funny. The T-tax was ridiculous. Yeah, they were like (laughs) going to add like five cents more or something. I don't know. Do you know the details? No, I don't know the details. I wish I it, just the idea that it's over a T tax is just kind of laughable after what we've been through, though. Yeah, man. I mean, people used to actually give a shit, and it's kind of horribly sad that they don't anymore. Um, so I guess this is unofficially officially. I mean, I I, I wish I would have thought about it more. This is kind of our Fourth of July special. Yeah. Well, it's actually July 3rd, just to break the third window, but uh, happy 4th of July, I guess. <laughs> yes, and enjoy blowing stuff up and barbecuing hot dogs and doing all the things that makes us America. Fucking A, dude. I mean, technically, we're like in the Portlandish area, and I think they've outlawed fireworks this year. And all I've heard from people is like people are stoked about it. I'm like, fuck you. That's the only good thing about 4th of July. That's it. I've been on a lot of door forums where people have been talking about banning fireworks. I don't know whether it went through or not, but it's just weird to me that people are like, I get like not wanting, I can say like, hey, like I don't like fireworks. I would rather you not do them. But trying to petition the governor after all of this bullshit that we've been through, it's like, do you want more repression in your life? Like, yes, yeah, people... they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're cunts. I get it. It sucks for dogs. People always go around veterans. I've never met a veteran who was traumatized by Fourth of July fireworks. I'm not saying it's not there, but it doesn't seem like a PTS thing to me that I've seen. Well, I got, I got some homies. Like, my homie has a, my homie's wife is, like, some, some sort of fucking emotional disorder, and, like, every 4th of July, she, like, fucking hides. So, I mean, it's a real thing, I guess, but, dude, it's goddamn 4th of July. Hide once a year. You know what I'm saying? It's like every other idiot wants to fucking blow up fireworks and eat and drink beer and, and and cook hot dogs. We're not trying to do it 365 days out of the year. You know? No, no, it's a pretty predictable thing. It's, um, it just, it just seems to me after all of this time in lockdowns that you would want to get out and just hang out with your neighbors and whatnot and blow shit up in the street or what, just, just something social. Like, like whatever, even if you're not against it, just feel like anything social, why would you be against that right now at this point in history? We we need it. 
We need to blow off some of this fucking steam. We need to let some of it out. Because everybody's so fucking... Everybody's so wound up, dude. That's why this whole fucking place is about to implode. We're going to have a fucking civil war. Everybody's like... Everybody's at a level 10 right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's something about people blowing stuff up when you kind of... It gives you a little visceral reaction of what war would be like. Like, it's a good deterrent, if nothing else. You're like, wait a minute. Like, this would suck if we were actually throwing these things at each other. You know, it. I think you're on to something there, man. Because, like, I like the biggest, dumbest, loudest, like, crazy fireworks. But there's a point where you're, like, lighting them, and you're watching them, and they're getting, like, too close to you, and they almost hit you, and you're like, these are kind of fucking scary. And that's kind of why I like them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> They're terrifying if you're not – I mean, people lose yours and shit every year for sure. Yeah, but that's from idiots making bombs. Like <laughs> – <laughs> like well, yeah, my buddies who <laughs> blow themselves up yeah no I've had a couple buddies that like I'd see them later and they were just like missing fingers and I was like what's up dude and they're like well I was just playing with fireworks I kind of made my own I was like oh yeah and like dude it's funny shit like I used to go to my buddy's house and this is probably the most irresponsible thing. His dad and mom were probably the most fucking square, uh, like clean cut, most like responsible parents of any of my friends' parents, right? And they lived in a nice ass, fancy fucking home in a safe neighborhood. But for some reason, the dad would get drunk around Fourth of July after he spent hundreds of dollars on fireworks and be like, "Hey guys, do you want to make bombs?" And I was, I was like, "Fuck yes, let's go." He's like, so then we'd just be sitting there with, like, hammers and, like, taking fireworks apart and just, like, filling up two-liter bottles. He'd be like, okay, put ten Piccolo Pete's in this one. Then we got to put, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we were just making these concoctions, and then we'd blow them the fuck up and, like, leave craters in in the ground and shit. And it was fun as hell. Yeah. um, Yeah, we used to do that. We used to play, like, bottle rocket dodgeball. Oh, just like throw bottle rockets just randomly at each other and they would come flying back at like in every direction it was horrible hell yeah hell yeah dude no dude i me and my buddy we used to get this was like teenagers then we were like probably 15 we'd get stoned and drunk we were like drinking 40s and shit and then we'd get some illegal fucking uh roman candles and we were we were playing uh harry potter Abracadabra and like fucking shooting each other with goddamn like from across the street trying to hit each other with Roman candles, dude. That was so much fun. Well, it's good. <laughs> like it's it's like good practice to learn to blow shit up. And I feel like like the problem with this is like people don't usually play with fireworks, and then they do it on the one day that they get drunk. So yeah, you know, some people lose some fingers and whatnot, but it's pretty avoidable. <laughs> Dude, it's also when people are playing with mortars, there's always a drunk, dumb, drunk asshole. Like, okay, I'll I'll admit to this one. So first year, I didn't even really know what a mortar was. This was probably, I don't know, about 10 years ago. I Like, we had always played with Roman candles. We had played with, you know, like bottle rockets, all that kind of fun shit. But, like, I moved up here, 
and then I went up to Vancouver and you could literally buy anything, you know? And yeah. so then I bought a few fucking mortars and I was like, oh, these are the big ones that go up in the sky. You know, I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. So I was drunk as hell, like full disclosure, probably too drunk to, you know, like wobbling drunk. And, and uh, end of the night, grand finale, I busted out one of the big old mortars and I was too drunk. I didn't know you were supposed to put it in a tube. Like, yes, it came with the tube, but I was like, you put it in there? Like, Anyways, I fucking just set it on the ground <laughs> and lit it. And there was like, there was a fuck ton of kids, dude. <laughs> like, because like, we had, we had spent, I don't know, a few hundred dollars on fireworks. And so everyone in the neighborhood was watching our fireworks show. And I, anyways, long story short, there was this one little fucking kid that was around in the neighborhood that like literally nobody knew whose parents he belonged to because he was kind of like a, in, like a street urchin kind of kid, you know? Yeah. And, and that fucking mortar just goes, God damn, you know how it's supposed to like blow up in the air. It fucking does it on the ground. Like, and it goes in every direction and this fucking, it hits me. And it hits, like, everybody, dude. But it hits this little kid. It gets a little chunk in his cheek. And he's, like, screaming and running. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, dude. That was, a, that was a drunk, stupid mistake. Uh, he didn't lose an eye, but he definitely singed his cheek pretty good. And okay, we finally... <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh, glad he's still alive. That's Yeah, he's alive. Yeah, I didn't kill him. Uh, we found his parents, and like I think she was like really fucked up and drunk too, and like didn't even know he was out of the house. Like it was a sad situation. Ah, uh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping he's all right. Like, maybe he has PTSD now on Fourth of July. <laughs> I was down in Ecuador for um, actually it was New Year's, and there was just like this little tourist town, and people would just be handing kids like five year olds firecrackers. Like, it was crazy. Hell yeah. It's all, like, drunk tourists. So, like, no one gives a shit. That's fucking awesome. I love Kids that. Throwing firecrackers. Dude, that's way more. That sounds like, that sounds like Ian Kapistan to me. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, if you kind of do anything down there, um, there wasn't. The idea of banning fireworks would have been preposterous. Like, you couldn't. Yeah. They're like, are you kidding me? Like, my five-year-old can go buy a beer right now in the grocery store. Because you know, we're not going to ban fireworks. Get the fuck yeah, out of no, here. Like, <laughs> no, one, no one paid attention to laws. Like, that's the thing. Like, it was just really, like, it's hard to pa pass laws or kind of restrict people if people just kind of do their own thing no matter what. Dude, I, honestly, that's why I love foreigners, man. Because like they have their like they they're on their own thing. You know what I mean? They have their own laws. They got their own cultural shit. They don't give a fuck. Like when I was a teenager, the only places they would sell me beer, I just go to the little Asian markets. They don't fucking care how old I was. I was like 15, 14. I'd go in there and buy like a couple forties. Didn't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah. As long as I had money, they were like, okay, give me money. Like, okay, thanks for the beer. Yeah, I don't know whether it's still like that. For, do you think it's still like that for kids? I mean, it must be at some level. I feel like 
I was. I, mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, the nanny state has gotten worse, but because when, I was, when I was a kid, it was more of a free for all. Yeah, when I was underage, like no one really checked IDs or nothing. I mean, unless you were like, like if you were with some older people, like you were fine to go into a bar. Like they kind of like were under their tutelage or whatever. So as long as yeah. you had one person who looked like they might be 21, like, you know, it was just. Like when part- I was, well, see, I'm from California and they were a different kind of crazy over there. Like um, you could be 80 with a fucking uh, like walker and they were going to card you. That's the airport. That's how airports worked. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. You're like, this bitch is like 99. Like, I remember one time my ID expired and it was like, I like, and it expired two days ago. And they're like, no, I can't sell you beer. I'm like, what is the, what restricts you from, from selling me beer? Well, you got to be over 21. I'm like, okay, right. Yeah, you can see my ID here. I'm clearly over fucking 21. Yeah, but your ID expired. Okay, but what, again, what's the reason you can't sell me beer? Because you're not over 20, you, you know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, you see that I'm over 21. Sell me the fucking beer, asshole. No, I can't, because your ID's expired. You know what I'm saying? That's that's California. Yeah, it's like the liquor commission. It's like, like pretty much in Rhode Island, it was all done by the police. So, like, the police did not give a shit if you had underage people drinking, getting alcohol, unless it was like they were doing something stupid. So here you got the OLC Oregon liquor or something, something. And they are their own branch of the government that have nothing else to do but enforce alcohol laws. So of course like that's what they're gonna hop on. So it does kind of like it does kind of like put a kibosh on a lot of things for kids, which I don't know, I don't know whether like I don't think kids should drink. I don't think we should just get rid of like any kind of like age restriction laws anyways. It should just be a responsibility thing. Yeah, I tend to agree, man. I so I mean that's something that we could talk about uh for a fourth of July episode. Let's talk about how the government infringes rights and maybe some inconsistencies and some freedoms that would be nice. Like uh everyone talks about uh age of consent sort of things and like I think about this, right? You can be 16 years old, right? And you can be charged as an adult for murder. Uh, They're wanting to lower the voting age to 16. So they're trying to say that you can vote at 16. You're enough of an adult to make a decision and to be charged with a crime at 16. But you can't fucking buy a beer for another five years. You can't buy a pack of cigarettes for five years. But you can go die in a war in two. Well, I will say that I think that charging people for murder under age does make sense. Like, number one, like, gangs just recruit kids if they don't. And that's a really fucked up thing. But, like, I remember, so growing up in Rhode Island, our local serial killer was Craig Fudge. Was what? So, so, like... Basically, like, there's this kid who was 15 years old, Craig Price. Okay. Killed a couple of girls, like, who were younger than he was. 
just no reason. Just, you know, got high, decided to go and just kill some people. And there was a big thing because like, it's like if he got tried as a minor, he would be out in a couple of years. So like they've done everything in their power to keep this guy behind jail. And I'm not, I'm fine with that. Like I am fine with him just not being out in the world at all. Like anyone who just kills like for no reason, like, yeah, you, you, you don't. So I'm not like opposed to that, but I also feel like it should go both ways. Like, I think we should make people, like, people would be more responsible if you gave them more responsibility. Like, you can't restrict what kids can and can't do and then expect them to be responsible. Well, see, I think I think about it like this. So I do understand where you're coming from. And I'm not necessarily saying that the kids that, uh, you know, a 15-year-old that is murdering people shouldn't be charged the same way as a 20-year-old that's killing people. But maybe they should be able to buy a pack of cigarettes. But more than that, I'm saying... Uh, Ah, I had something. I was going somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I just think it. there needs to be some consistency. Ah, that's where I was going to go. So I was going to go, like, uh, I think I find it funny that, like, if you looked at a, say, 15-year-old in 1920 as opposed to 2020, you had an adult on your hands. In 1920. You know what I'm saying? Like, in 1920, if you were 15 years old, you had a full-time job. You might have moved out of your house. You might have been married. You might have even had a kid on the way. Like, you you were working your ass off, like, 12 hours a day. You were a man at that point. And it's funny now that, like, the government has almost stripped us of responsibilities and it's almost done purposefully it's like they're trying to like strip adults of responsibilities and they're trying to take more and more responsibility for adults so like of course kids have like been totally infantilized uh and like in weird ways though and only in like responsibility ways have they been uh like infantilized but it it, but in other ways, they're trying to, like, accelerate it and, like, sexualize kids, too. It's this fucking bizarre, like, they're trying to, I, man, I don't know. It's crazy. I'm going to try to find that. Uh, I'm going to grab my laptop here in a minute. I'm going to try to look up this. Uh, it was from the Washington Post, I want to say. It was an article uh, talking about how kids should be introduced to kink. And I, I just want to read a few quotes out of it. And I think I'm going to fucking make you barf and die. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Tony? Oh, I was just saying, like, I think one of the biggest things, too, is just having a job for kids. Just, like, this whole idea of child labor, which, yeah, I, I get it. You don't want your 15-year-old to be in a sweatshop. But there's also this idea of, like, how do you learn to actually, um, like, what people expect of you? You know, it's like the, just being able to do a job, show up, um, like get some actual real feedback from the world. Because that's going to happen in real life in a couple of years. But yeah, you got the article? I do. I just pulled it up. It says, this is from the Washington Post. It was, let me see, what's the date on this, I'm a bitch. 
It was June 29th, so pretty recently. It is, yes, kink belongs at Pride, and I want to see my kid, and I want my kids to see it. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know how long this article is, so I don't know if I want to read the whole thing. It's not that, it's actually not that long. But anyways, uh, here it goes. So the lady is named Lauren uh, Rowello. Lauren Rowello. Okay. Our family often took a train to Philadelphia, but we rode across the bridge to attend the city's pride parade five years ago. My wife's leg bounced with nervous jitters. She squeezed my hand, worried that she might run into a colleague or be harassed by strangers. My wife is trans and wasn't out at the time, so she typically only expressed her authenticity in the privacy of our home. That morning, she wore a green skirt and light makeup, brushing her hair to one side. Even though we had attended pride marches and protests in previous years, that day was the first time we were celebrating openly as a family. When our children uh, grew tired of marching, we plopped onto a nearby curb. Just as we settled down, our elementary school schooler pointed out into the direction of an oncoming floats. Uh, raising an eyebrow, a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a leather thong. The man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. What are they doing? My curious kid asked as our toddler cheered them on. The pair was the first of a few dozen kinksters who danced down the street, laughing together as they twirled their whips and batons, some leading companions by leashes. At this time, my kids were too young to understand the nuance of the situation. I don't know what the fuck the nuance is, but, but I told them the truth. These folks were members of our community, celebrating who they are and what they like to do. So then it says the kink community has participated in pride since its inception, risking their job safety to be authentically themselves in public. Still, every year as Pride March uh, approaches, a debate erupts whether uh, kink belongs at Pride at all. Those hoping to outs oust kinksters often cite the presence of children as their top concern. That was pointedly the case this year when Twitter uh, users argued that kink at Pride is a highly sexualized experience that children should be shielded from. Uh, obviously. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to find the, the okay, here we go. It goes, um, thousands of users supported these posts claiming that kink at Pride crosses the line because minors also attend the events. Um, he says, I agree, Pride should be welcoming for children and teens, but policing others how they should protect or uplift young children. Okay. Oh, dude, there was, there was a quote that I wanted to fucking read you that I was like, holy shit. Um, anyways, what are your thoughts so far? So I feel like part of it is like this narrative of oppression because like people are going to push back on that. And generally, like, I think that if you just had like a gay pride festival or something like that, 95% of people are just going to not care about it or whatever. Like, it's not going to be a big thing. So you kind of need to like do something to make yourself oppressed in some ways or like create a villain. And I think that this does it. And part of me is just like, okay, like, so you got this highly corporate event, and it needs to, like, figure out, like, what it exactly is. Because is it going to be, like, this freak show where people are just going to, like, get their, what, 
whatever like on like which is fine like that's great and i feel like that's probably the more legitimate like purpose of it or you're gonna try to turn it into this political thing with kids or you're gonna try to like at least like separate the two and um, i can't think of like any other sexual um like this isn't necessarily a kink thing it's like you can't take your kids to like a strip club and just be like, well, this is part of our culture. Like, well, unless your kid is trans and they're stripping for men and they're giving them dollars. Yeah. Like, this dude. Doesn't... so I just really feel like this is like this, I, man, I, I sound like a boomer. Right. But I love gay people. Absolutely love gay people. And I've been deprived I, me and my son have like crocheted rainbow fucking bracelets and we're passing them out at pride. Like, like I have no fucking problem with gay people and I have no problem with kinksters. I have some kinky ass friends. That's fucking fun. Like dude, I get kinky. You know what I mean? It's all good and fun with like consensual adults, but there should be the adults part is the part that like you and I have actually talked about this before. Like, okay. Have a family-friendly march, and then past like six o'clock, let it be an adult march, and then mo- people know that, and then they can take the kids home, and then get real kinky, start spanking, eat, doing all the, you know, get the bronies out there, start ha- like I don't, you know, have fun. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, it's um. <laughs> Like it's a developmental thing, especially with kids that, like, I don't. So I'm trying to figure exactly what the problem with this is because I want to be precise with it. I don't want to just be like, I'm trying not to sound like a boomer and just be like, oh, yeah, all that, like whatever. I'm trying to figure exactly what it is. Well, let me read this real fast. I I found this part. So, children who witness kink culture are reassured that alternative experiences of sexuality and expression are valid, no matter who they become as they mature, helping them recognize that their personal experiences aren't bad or wrong and that they aren't alone in their experiences. I don't think of more, I can't think of a more relevant or important reminder uh, for youth who often struggle with feelings of isolation and confusion as they discover more about themselves. Like that all sounds fine. Um, including kink and pride, uh, open space for families to have necessary and powerful conversations with their young people about health, safety, consent, and most uniquely, pleasure. Like, I, this is when it starts crossing the, the line for me. Like, we don't have to talk to our young kids. Start talking to them about this at 15 or something. Like, she just said it was a toddler. Like, we have to start having with our young people about health, safety, consent, and most uniquely, pleasure. And then it says, kink visibility is a reminder that any person can and should shamelessly explore what brings them joy and excitement. We don't talk to our children enough about pursuing sex to fulfill carnal needs and delight. I don't want to talk to their parents about that. That's, that one. Dude, it gets worse. <laughs> Listen to that. I, I got to repeat that, that, that sentence. We don't talk to our children enough about pursuing sex to fulfill carnal needs and delight. And, <laughs> and dude, okay. Oh, and then God. captivate us in the moment. 
that <laughs> then it says sharing the language of kink culture with young people provides them with valuable information about safe sex practices, such well, as the important. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Well, well, okay, like the idea that you couldn't figure out a way to validate this as a kid in some other way when you're a little bit older and you can kind of understand these concepts a little bit more, like you put in your exposure sexual like sexual um, energies or whatever in very stylized ways before kids have a way of conceptualizing their own energy like what they want to be sexually so you, you're giving them this template for something that they don't have and not to say like they're not like I don't know whatever like they have that energy sometimes but like but they're not like like they're not thinking sexually yet and it's like you know, they're not ready developmentally their brain hasn't developed yet so you're imprinting no, this image on them. And most of these like, kids haven't had a boner yet they haven't had a sexual thought yet like they might want to kiss somebody and they might explore their bodies like dude when i was a kid we used to show each other our genitals right and they show me yours i'll show you mine that kind of bullshit but like th that wasn't even sexual as much as it was just being like fucking curious well, it's also it allows them to develop this on their own and not have us superimpose what we should um like people use the word like heteronormative a lot like to imply that this um like we're putting on people this idea of what we want society to be and that and okay, like so if we follow that out then this is doing the same thing. It's saying like, okay, this is the normal, this is what you should be, and that's fine if they are and it's there's plenty of ways that kids can come up to the point of, when I say kids, like teenagers or whatever, to the point of whatever they're feeling is valid and find a healthy way to do it. But you don't necessarily have to put that image in their head. Like, you don't necessarily have to like, give them a template for something that they haven't really explored themselves yet. Let, like, let them have their own, like, first, like, let them, like, have a blank slate as much as possible with that stuff. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, you don't have to, like, fucking paint a picture for him first. So let me finish this last sentence, because this sentence, I, and then we'll get to a different topic. Or, I mean, we can finish this topic, but I'll get rid of this article. Uh, listen to this real fast. So <clears throat> I'll finish this paragraph. But this last sentence, the important one. So uh, let's see here. Such is the importance of establishing boundaries, safe words. Like, dude kids need safe okay signals affirming the importance of planning and research and they need to seek and give enthusiastic consent like i agree with that okay now here this part i never want my children to worry that exploring any aspect of consensual sex or touch is too taboo i'm going to repeat that one more time i never want my children to worry that exploring any aspect of consensual sex or touch is too taboo. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's... No, dude, it's, it's, there's no way to fucking... Like, I, I want... <laughs> I mean, there's a like... German guy who ate someone he found on Craigslist consensually. Yeah, you know, yes, like, but they were really adults. You know what? And I'm even fine with that. Consensual cannibalism, go for it. I don't fucking care. But, dude, I, so there should be a firm line set in, this, in the sand. What's, what is somebody that can consent? 
Is well, it 18 okay. or is it, you know, where is it? So we have it at 18 now. Let's keep it there then, I guess. Or like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are we saying, Tony? So this is the Washington Post, right? So basically yeah. this is just like Amazon Daily. So it's like everything that you read within the Washington Post, you got to be like, well, how does this benefit Amazon, right? And it's obviously like, Something like that's going to get a lot of traction. People are going to read it. It's going to get out in the ether. So it's like, what, like, this is this company that provides us with streaming services, that provide us with a bunch, like, some online market, whatever they are. Like, they benefit from people having some kind of kink, I guess, like, at some point, right? If not, they wouldn't be doing it. Like, they're not doing it because they care about people. They're not doing it because they're like, oh, we just want people to feel like, you know, we want people to live their truth or whatever. Like, that's not what this is about. This is about putting people in boxes so you can sell them stuff, so you can advertise, so you can control them in other ways. So that's where, like, I get off on this stuff where it's like you got this highly corporate event. Like, Pride, Pride is, like, basically, like, put on by these corporations. It's highly sexual, which is like this, you know, when you're sexual, like your energies are very open, you're very receptive. That's just kind of the nature of it. To all of this corporate propaganda, and then you read, and then you're exposing kids to this. So that's like where like my angle with it is all. It's just like, it feels like a corporate ickiness to it. It's like there's some kind of corporate control. I don't think most people would, I don't think most people would pursue this. I think that most people have a pretty good understanding of like, okay, this is the daytime party. This is the nighttime party. And this is like, you know, people understand that, you know, you don't invite kids to the nighttime party. That's like, you don't have it to. It should be. What? I mean, it should be. And you shouldn't have to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. There's a vibe to it. Like, if you go into a bachelor party, you don't necessarily get your five-year-old and bring him along. Like, that yeah. would be... Yeah. Dude, like, like thing. I love, like, okay, I was the biggest hedonist. Before I became a Christian, I dude, I embraced that shit. I was a filth bag. Like, I would, you know, I would... I've done some kinky, bizarre things. Like, had, like, people pee on my face like get like dude i i could go nuts tell you guys some fucking horrible stories that i probably don't want to and my wife is sitting next to me she probably doesn't want to hear those but like i've got no problem with people being weirdos and going to strip clubs and going and having consensual sex with prostitutes and if they want to get shit on or something like i have fucking fun dude like let your freak flag fly you know what I'm saying? Like, have a blast. Keep your kids out of it. Like you said, your five-year-old doesn't need to be at your bachelor party. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I think just being a little bit cynical of like, why are we getting this message? Like, to me, it's like, we get all of these corporate messages and no one's looking at like, why do we, why does Amazon want, like, whenever you see Washington Post, you should just read Amazon. It's the same thing. Why does yeah. Amazon want me to have this information? Yeah, man, it's fucking weird. It, like, to me, like, okay, here's the other thing. So I actually have, a, a, I know a few people and a friend, too, that are uh, transgender. 
that are in the process of transitioning and I have no problem with them. And like, there's actually somebody that I'm going to reach out to pretty soon. Uh, that's transgender that I want to get on the podcast. Um, I like, I, that's all fun and fine to me, but, and there are definitely people that are, um, that to me are legitimately transgender. Like it's a real thing. You're, you're born and it's like, it's something that affects somebody and you feel like you are in the wrong body, right? You're not in the body that represents who you are inside. Right. And that's fine with me again, adult doing that. But to me, there's like this bigger, why is it, why is it that like 0.0% of 0.01% of the population is now getting this giant representation? Why was it turned into this huge partisan thing? Why was the transgender bathrooms made like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm more questioning why it's being pushed so hard than it existing. Like, like, cause no one cared before. Like there were transgender people that just, they went to the fucking bathroom and whatever bathroom represented them. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been doing that for years. Yeah, and then it turned into this thing. Okay, go ahead. What are you saying, Tony? Yeah, the bathroom thing is really interesting because there's a lot of things like you have to change your license. You have to like do all this bureaucratic stuff that like if we could figure out ways to make that process easier, I feel like that would help people way more because the bathroom thing is something that they're already kind of just doing on the download anyways. But we're not doing, we're not talking about any of that stuff. And no one would care about any of those things, really. Like, it's hard to get worked up over that stuff. Well, what I see a lot of, what a lot, you know, I mean, we live in a progressive area. What I just see is a lot of spots just making uh, bathrooms unisex. I see. And it just, what were we saying? Yeah, I've seen a lot of those, but I've seen a lot of, like, single occupancy ones that are unisex. So it doesn't really, um. I haven't seen... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, which is kind of a cop-out. Like, it's like, yeah, you could just say bathroom. Like, it's just such a virtue signal that annoys me, but... Sure. And and everything is a virtue signal, though, now. Everything is. Yeah. Uh, But what I was going to say is, like, uh, what bugs me about this push is I see it as more more anti-human more depopulation nonsense. So I see it coming from almost every single fucking angle. Like I, I talked to a guy, well, that's a different conversation. We'll, we'll get to that later. But like, as far as like the food systems, as far as like this heat wave, as far as like all these crazy fucking uh, weather patterns, as far as like um, shortages, as far as like, uh, all these different things, they're all anti-human and they're all depopulation and they're all trying to freak people out. But I also see it in things like the plastics. Like uh, you and I talked about that before that basically every single piece of plastic in our body uh, that that we use, like plastic water bottles, the lining inside of a can, like I'm drinking out of a, I'm drinking a seltzer water right now. There's a lining inside of that can that is plastic and all of those plastics leach into the liquid that I'm drinking and I'm drinking it, but all it's, but all of the plastics, like the plastics that like we bring home our, our groceries in the plastics that are like everywhere, dude, everywhere are, are release are releasing like artificial hormones 
that are increasing our estrogen, that are lowering our testosterone, that are lowering, lowering our sperm count, that are shrinking our penis, like in the next generation, our babies in, in vertra, in the, ba- in the womb, are having smaller and smaller penises, smaller testicles, uh, having less sperm count, being less fertile. Like I, I see it coming from every single direction. And I also see this push in the transgender movement where they're fighting so hard for your young child that if like, here's the thing is like, if gender is a spectrum or if gender is like, whatever they say it is like, is it, is it okay if my little girl wants to play with trucks? Does that make her transgender? What if my son wants to wear a pink shirt? That doesn't make him fucking transgender, dude. What if he just wants to express himself? What if my son wants to wear a fucking dress? Okay. Put on a dress. Have fun today, dude, and, like, explore yourself. Like, I don't need to fucking put hormones that are going to change my child's body forever. You piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. You're trying to, you're trying to fucking, you're trying to hack my son's dick off. You're trying to fucking, like, chemically castrate him so that we will have less kids. I I see this as more anti-human, more depopulation shit. Yeah, there is that, like, I mean, I think that young people are always going to be a little bit more androgynous because the thing is, like, gender roles are, like, everyone has gender roles. It's a thing that all cultures have. And they get, they get like, some of them make sense and some of them don't. And when you're young, you, you're just born into this world with all of these rules. And you're like, okay, like, I gotta wear blue, become a boy, or pink, become a, like, that type of thing. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but we all have these rules that don't make sense, so kids fuck with those rules and that's the way you figure out like what's real what's not and then you create your own rules and the next generation comes along and fucks with you but i think what's like in some weird way and there are some people who seem to have some kind of cross wiring going on biologically i don't understand it but i i think that that's a thing too i don't know too much about i don't know too much about it like the female brain versus male brain but my understanding is there's some slight differences and people can yeah and you know what neither one of us are fucking scientists and neither one of us are fit to fucking make those fucking decisions but what i can tell you is that when i was a kid tony i thought the funniest thing in the world you know what as my mother was one of the most conservative people that you could that you could imagine so what i thought was funny as hell was to put on her lingerie and put on her high heels and go run around and it would piss her off and I'd go run outside. I'd go run in front of the house like this. I pulled my my testicles out of her crotchless teddy and I was running around in her fucking, uh, in her high heels and me, this, <laughs> this was me and my niece and my nephew who are my age. Weird story, long story. But I held up a sign that said lap dances for 25 cents. I was probably six years old. I, I don't even know how I spelt this. Like, it was, there's definitely some typos. But so I was out there shaking my nuts and saying lap dances for 25 cents outside my house. And a car pulls over and flicks a quarter out the window. And my fat ass runs over there, grabs a quarter, and runs back inside the house and shuts the door. Like, I'm not a woman. I'm not transgender, but if that happened in 2021, they'd be getting my ass on hormones. 
Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> like, like so, like so, like I forgot exactly how much this has gone up in the last like ten years. Like how, like the rates of transgenderism has gone up it's thousands of percent, like thousands of times. And now some people would say that oh, it's just more socially acceptable now. People were living these repressed lives, and I'm sure there's some truth to that. But it doesn't seem like that would cause it to go thousands. Like because there's this many people to begin with i don't feel like it would be that much of a taboo at this point like it would be pretty like well the other side is just as religious and just as like dogmatic as the other side right so it to me it's this fucking false dichotomy they you they try to put you in either one of two camps and you have to say like uh there's only two genders you know, you have to be like the Ben Shapiro, uh, you know what I mean? Own the libs, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of conservative, like that kind of thing. Or you have to be like, there's 875,000 genders. And right now I'm a peacock and you have to like support it. And you, you know what I mean? And you're like, how about no? How about like there's nuance? How about there's like different, like, and how about if like my friend really wanted to be like considered a dragon kin that I'd be like, okay, buddy, I'll pretend that you're a dragon. All right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Tony, if you need to be a kitten, like if that's your, if you're kink, you put in a fucking butt plug that has a long tail and then you like groom yourself and you have some kitten ears. I'll respect it, Tony. I'll call you I'll call you Tony Kitten or whatever you got to have to be called but I don't have to actually pretend that I think you're a cat. Well, I think there is something about making people say stuff that they feel isn't true. Like I think there's... And that's on purpose. It's another control for language. That's what I'm saying is like I'm more concerned about like how this is being pushed on us. Because this is a this is about control. That's what Jordan Peterson was saying back in the day, and that's why everybody attacked him and hated him. Because he was saying, like, I don't fucking care if you tell me I wanna be uh she, the, they, you know, whatever. He said and he actually said that. He said, like, there's transgender people in my classroom that wanna go by G because I'll happily call them G. Because my only problem is that the government because he was working in a university in Canada, he was saying that they, he was being compelled by the government to call that person she. And that was his, that's what he was upset about. He goes, no, this is the government now telling me I have to. And he says, like, look, this sounds stupid, except that, like, this is the most important thing in the world, because now this is government impeding on free speech. This is, like, he says, like, it starts with this, and it's going to end with, like, I don't even know what the fuck it's going to end with, dude. Like, it's gotten crazy now. Well, that's the thing. And it happens so fast. And it's so hard to imagine. Um, It's so hard to imagine just how bad things get. And it's just like, if you cannot tell the truth, if I just basically get my foot in the door and it's like, I get you to so you can't say what you need to say. Then how do you say, like, I don't want to go to war. I don't want you to kill me. I don't want, I, I have a right to my house you take like you have the first thing that's going to go after like the all the niceties of like you have to like say the correct genders is basically like you're going to have no rights to like air grievances towards your abuse 
Yeah. See, I, I'm glad that we're circling back on this because now we're actually making it about the 4th of July again. We were going hard on trans on trans kids and like yeah, kinks yeah, and shit. Yeah. But now we're bringing it back to human rights. Like we're talking about how this is all basically an attempt to destroy the First Amendment because the First Amendment protected our right to speech. It defended our right to... I mean, the First Amendment, like, I should read it, dude. Like, it's about, um, it's this uh, freedom of assembly, which you're not, which they've taken away from us. It's the freedom of association, which they've taken away from us. Um, it was the freedom of the church, which they took away this year. You know what I mean? They, they Like, you weren't allowed to sing in church. Yeah. Or you weren't even allowed to open your church. There's places right now that you can't open your church. In fucking Canada, they're still arresting pastors and shit. Well, that's... Yeah, and I feel like the state's always going to be against churches just because that's something outside of their control. So it's... it's like people do businesses within churches. People make deals. Like, money gets exchanged without taxes happening people become reliant on themselves and not reliant on the government. So. So let's read the first, uh, let's read the first amendment here. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise, therefore of, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for uh, to, for redress and grievances. So let's talk about that, man. Like, they have taken away a lot of our freedom of speech. They've definitely taken away, uh, let's see here, prohibition to free exercise our, our religion. Um, let's see here. Assembly. The right for people to, yeah, to for people to peacefully assemble. Like, dude, I, all of that. Peacefully assemble. Mostly, yeah, unless you had, like, two people. You know like, what I mean? It's like... No, no, but I'm just, like, joking about, like, the mostly peaceful. Yeah. That. Yeah. Dude, I loved that when, what's his name? Uh, one of the stupid Fredo brothers, um, one of them is which one is the governor? There's uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. Whatever. It's a, they're not worth. I know who you know. Talking about. <laughs> it Anyways, matter. yeah. He said, "Where in the first? Where in the First Amendment does it say that they that protests have to be peaceful?" And then <laughs> there's that meme of that guy that just like points to it. It says right here. <laughs> He's sitting there eating like dry top ramen or some crazy shit. He has like kooky hair. It says it right here, Andrew Cuomo. You know, there's Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo is the loser at, CB at CNN. Okay. And the other one's oh. the loser in government. Yes. That, uh, apparently he's a rapist and all kinds of terrible things. Like, Oh, yeah. He had to go down for something. Yeah, dude, they they fucking took him down, dude. I mean, that's just so funny to me, the way they build them up just to tear them down. Like, I don't want to be one of the lefts, like, or whatever, the deep states, like, go-to boys. Because, like, look how they fucking destroy them. I mean, they did it to, to, like, fucking Bill Gates now, too. 
It's open season on Bill Gates. It's open season on Andrew Fauci or Anthony Fauci, rather. Like, I feel like Fauci they, still has some sway. He does and doesn't, man. I don't. I don't know why they're still letting him talk. Like, they're still letting him talk about the Delta variant. And, dude, I've just heard enough people. I've just heard enough people just, like, uh, point out where he is just on purpose. Like, uh, he's lying still. Right? Like, he's talking about the Delta variant. Like, we need to be on top of that now. We need to say right now, right here, right now. Tony and Nate, the reality is ours. We are already against the next lockdown. Yeah, I haven't even been paying attention to the Delta variant just because, like, they just lost me. Like, I don't care. Like, like other people, if there was something going on, I would have, they would be talking about it in other sources that I listen to. Right? Like, like I, I feel confident in just, like, my media consumption that if there was a major pandemic happening, I would be aware of it. And I don't need the news to tell me anything. So I'll tell you what I've heard. Okay. Sure. Long, from what I know is this. So this Delta variant, the only thing they can really say about it is that it's more contagious. So it does, it's not more deadly. It doesn't have worse symptoms. It doesn't, like, put you in the hospital more, you know, or, you know, whatever. But I guess it can get passed around much easier than the original virus, right? And so they've seen it in England. So this is where it was first getting, like, I guess it, I don't know if it originated in India, but that's really where it took a stronghold in India. And, dude, honestly, whatever the fuck was going on in India has never happened here. Like, or at least what the media was making India look like. Because, dude, frankly, I've never been to India. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'd like, hey, if we have any listeners in India, tell us what the fuck is going on, man. Like, is it as crazy as they fucking say it was? Are people dying left and right? Or was this more media bullshit? Because I kind of smell media bullshit. Because it's, as far as it got to England, right? And so for a minute, it was only 5% of coronaviruses that were in, it was only 5% of COVID-19 in England. Then it was 15%. Then it was 20%. Then it was 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Now it's like 90% of all the cases in, in England are the new Delta variant, okay? Uh, but as this Delta variant is taking hold, and the old one is losing its grip, you could see the deaths and hospitalizations plummeting. So it was like this huge inverse, dude. It was like you're watching the Delta variant take hold of England, and you're watching everything go down to, like, where, you know, like, their deaths at one point were, like, I don't know, like, 200 a day. Like, then it, it's, like, down to, like, six, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so fucking low that it's like, oh. But then it went from like six to nine. And then they could say that this was the first time that they said, oh, the deaths have spiked because it's gone from six to nine. That Then they play the percentages. They're like, it went up 20% or whatever, like six to nine is. 
You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. then from there, they used that as a scare tactic. And that's when Anthony Fauci got on and started talking about it. And if you hear his words exactly, he says, like, they said, should the, should we be worried about this Delta variant? And who is this going to affect the most? And then this is what he said exactly. I mean, I'm not quoting him exactly, but but pr- pretty much I'm summing up what he said. He said, well, well, uh, the people that should be most worried about this, that this is going to affect are young people because young people are less likely to be um, are less likely to be vaccinated. So it's the young people that should worry about this most. And so that made everyone think that like this was going to get young people and kill them. When it's like the original fucking virus, if a young person even got it, it wasn't going to do anything to them. This Delta variant is even weaker and it's not going to fucking do anything to them. So he was just like messing with his words saying that like the people that should worry about it are the unvaccinated and therefore younger people are less likely to be vaccinated. Therefore, younger people should worry the most about this. Yeah, you know what I mean? So he's always lying. He's li- he's not lying, but he's lying. He's, he's, <laughs> he is very yeah. well-spoken and able to tell a truth without actually, tell a mistruth without actually lying. It's it's quite impressive. Like, he's very, there's a reason why he's the top bureaucrat of the country. Like, there's, like, I feel like with all the fear around this thing, people locking themselves in their houses, they're not getting any sun, the average person's health has gone way down, people are drinking more, people are socially isolated, they're depressed. I am surprised people aren't dying of the fucking cold by now. Well, here's the deal, though. It's like, I think most people are finally over it. I think most people have kind of... Well, here's the thing. The people that would be the most freaked out they got vaccinated and that now that has given them at least the placebo of I'm safe. Yeah. That's at least given them in their mind. Like, Oh, well I got the, I got the poison in my arm, so I'm good to go. Like, cause dude, I see a difference right now. Like I guess since Wednesday, like uh, this, Hey, this is a praise report. This is awesome. Since Wednesday, They've lifted the restrictions in Oregon. I, as far as I know, everywhere in Oregon, you can not, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, and you don't have to socially distance. Like I, uh, like I've been to, fun, I just went to Winco. I went to Winco, and like half the people were still wearing masks, and the other half were not. No one was really socially distancing. No one was acting weird. Everyone was just kind of doing their own thing. There was big crowds. People were loud and obnoxious. It was just Americans being Americans. And it was fucking great. I did see one guy yesterday after the ban was lifted that was halfway down his face. And I was trying to figure that out. Well, dude, what was funny is like yesterday, like me and my wife went into like a department store, like a, you know, like Kohl's or one of those dumb places or Macy's or whatever. And I was watching like, because like we knew it it had been lifted. Right. But this was like the first time I was going to walk into a store without a mask on. And um, everyone was watching other people. 
they were like waiting for somebody because like I was watching people like with masks and they would they were like like there was like a literal like thing and like somebody like walked in without a mask and then everyone then it was okay for everybody else because I, I watched a guy go like this and he just like he watched that person walk in so he took his mask down and then he walked in. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and here's the thing. I think it's this beautiful time right now. Like, Tony, enjoy it right now. Because <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't, like, because if you, I, I read the sign on the door. It said, no, like, masks are encouraged, but masks are not required for people that are fully vaccinated. That's what was on the door. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, so I identify as fully vaccinated. Whether or not I am or aren't. Right? So I just said, okay, great. And I just walk in. Right? And so this is this beautiful little small time right now, Tony. We have to enjoy it because it's going to end. They're going to, like, I've already seen, have you seen those bracelets? Um, I'll send you an, I'll send you an article about it. I'll post it on the Twitter so people can see it. It's, It's this company that, uh, it's this company that has made these fucking bracelets uh, that you can take on and off. And it's basically, they're not, so this is basically what it is. Like the government has, I think decided that they can't mandate the vaccine because they're going to get too much pushback and they can't mandate uh, people to get vaccine passports because it's going to get too much pushback. So what they're going to do is their time old uh, method of using cronyism, fascism, they're going to use the private companies that can't be, uh, you know, attacked. You can just say, oh, it's a private company, bro. Like they have plausible deniability. There's this company that's called, I can't, can't think of the name. You know what? I'll look it up real fast as we're talking. But um, so- in a nutshell, man, what it, what it is, is it has all of your personal information. You allow, like, and, and they're trying to push it as almost like a virtue signal. Um let me see here. Control. There we go. Um, they're trying to push it as like a virtue signal to like show that you're fucking vaccinated. And then you have all your information on this stupid thing. And I'm telling you, this is going to be the pass. So the government's not even going to have to mandate it. But uh, stores are going to start using it to let people in or out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so. Yeah. And then, well, and then it won't have to be every store because some stores will say, like, I don't care, but some, most stores will. Let's see. I'm signing on yeah, real definitely fast. Have to build some kind of underground economy over all of this shit. Like, yeah, and see, that's why you and I. And people that care about freedom need to be doing that. We need to be doing our homework now. Because. Okay, here we go. I'm still looking it up. Uh, oh. uh, keep talking so I don't, <laughs> so we don't have dead air. <laughs> I, I can only imagine what it's going to be. Um, yeah, this is just basically, this is just like a yellow star thing all over again. Um, where does this lead? Like, I. And of course, like we're gonna get more boosters, we're gonna get more shots. None of this is gonna be safe. No one's gonna have any kind of long-term ideas what this does. Um, 
Yeah, it's fucked, dude. It, uh, you're not on Facebook, are you? No, no. I think people should leave Facebook now for their own safety. I do not feel safe on like with those warnings. That, dude, it's it, so much fun. See, I, I, dude, I've been making so many memes about that. We've been having such a good time with that. <laughs> good, but man, like, yeah, I feel like Facebook might not be a safe thing to be on. Let's see here. Yeah, the Facebook extremist warnings. Yeah, I've been having so much fun with it. Like, yeah, though, you should get snitched because, like, okay, so once you get on some kind of warning system, then all of a sudden, like, you know, red flag laws might apply to you. You know, we might be able to, like, search your house. You might not be able to buy guns. Like, well, I'll read it to you real fast. It says, because I got one, I got two. They sent it to me twice. Nathan, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment you can take action now to protect yourself and others get support from experts spot the signs and understand the dangers and learn how other people have escaped extremist groups (laughs) (laughs) it's extremist in of itself bad like you could be extreme in something and it could be god uh, like... uh, dude it's been beautiful i've been i've been yeah okay yeah hear stories and get advice from people who've escaped violent extremist groups we care about preventing extremism on facebook well okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, see that was the other one see this is the scary one right so uh, th- i think this one went out to other normies right so i got the extremist group one but this one says uh, are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. How could you help? Hear stories and get advice from people who've escaped violent extremist groups. Yeah, that one is scarier to me. <laughs> well, first of all, if you feel safe clicking on that and consenting in any way that you might be an extremist, like, that 100% will be used against you in some kangaroo court. <laughs> like, well, dude, I have buddies that clicked on it, and like, they yeah, report, yeah. they're like, can you say more? Can you tell us how we can prevent radicalization? And they were like, they were typing in like, Anthony Fauci and all kinds of shit, they're like, yeah, they yeah, were... That's a, that's a <laughs> vacation for someone to put a bullet in your head in like a couple of years like, <laughs> like, well you you confessed you know like no like we should i mean i feel like at this point like we really have to be safe about like we know that like there's predators out there for kids but like shit like i don't want to be labeled in any kind of extremist faction by these companies like i don't know the legal ramifications for that shit like, okay, fine. Like I'm an extremist in some ways. Tony, I'm sorry, buddy. I hope. It... What? Hey, buddy, you there? Yeah. I uh, dude, I'm sorry. Somebody like just called me twice, and every single time somebody calls me, it it mutes you, and I can't oh, okay. hear you. But I think that I, I'm pretty sure everything you said is like recorded. I just couldn't hear you. Okay. Uh, so, dude, this started, like, I posted this on June 29th. This came from, um, let me see here. This came from the World Economic Forum. 
And uh, I had posted this shit. Here's Klaus Schwab saying the World Economic Forum makes a censorship pledge to tackle harmful content and conduct online. So, a censorship pledge? Yes. They pledge to censor. They pledge to censor and tackle harmful content and conduct online. So this, this happened, and I posted about it and laughed, and I said, I feel personally attacked. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I'm, I'm just an asshole online. And I posted this shit, and then, what, four days later, they're like, are you, <laughs> you know, I think you may have been exposed to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, if you pay attention to the World Economic Forum, you basically, like, a future... Yeah. I'm sorry, man. You got cut off again. Put my phone on, uh, like, do not disturb and uh, podcast on at the same time. I don't know whether there's a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- whatever you do, don't click on any of that shit, man. Like, just, just stay, stay away from that shit. <laughs> that is like, it's like a witch trial confession at some point, like extremism. Like, okay. first of all, like, extremism in itself isn't bad. And also, like, why do you care if people are exposed to bad ideas? Like, that's part of life. Like, like we're in this weird, over-sanitized world where we're going crazy. Like, there's a virus out there. We need to take all these drastic action because it's a virus. There's bad ideas out there. We have to do all of this crazy shit. Like, yeah, sure, like, a couple of people fall sway of bad ideas. I don't think, like, like, how good, like, what, what exactly, like, can you make your case for why these things are bad and why we need to be kept safe from you, from our own thinking? Like, if these ideas are bad and harmful, don't you think most people will figure it out? Like, it's such a elitist bullshit. I, most people want to stay alive. Like, if you just got, like, some crazy idea, like, I don't even know what they... But it's not about that. It's all about con- it's finding ways to control us. Like yeah. that's what it's all about. I found the article here. So this is from the New York Post. It's saying prove you're vaccinated with this Immuna brand bracelet. It's called I M M U N A B A N D Immuna Band bracelet. So um, let me see if I can fucking. Oh, but, sure. And I'm like telling you. What's up, buddy? I'm sure it has a microphone and some tracking devices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. It says COVID-19 has reached a stage where infections can now be controlled and prevented by vaccinations. Whether Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, more and more and more New Yorkers are getting vaccinated. So, uh, so that we can protect each other and especially protect vulnerable populations. This is also becoming more apparent that being able to prove your vaccination status will be useful going forward. Being able to prove that you are fully vaccinated could become an essential way of living. And being able to live a, a life of normality like before the pandemic. This immunoband vaccination band is, useful, is a useful tool that can help the situation. It is currently on sale for $17.95. So you can buy it here. Okay. For a small price to pay in order to prove that your your vaccinated status wherever you go. So this is like a private company 
selling you this bullshit. So it it can't so it it can't be attacked like it's the government making you do it. They're actually genius by making it up to you and they sell it to you so you actually want it. Like they put a price on it so it has this like value attached to it so that people seek it. Right. And so it has this like and so it says the Immuna brand vaccination band is a okay, okay, sorry. It says wearing this band can indicate to everyone around you that you've had your COVID-19 vaccination. So it's it's virtue signaling now too. So now they've made it where it's like this proves to you and your friends that you have the vaccine. And it says it says, and that you're basically fully vaccinated. Oh, and that you're fully vaccinated. This seamless bracelet for the Immuniband helps to ease the uncertainty everyone is feeling about the pandemic. And it also offers a, a hope, a hopeful symbol of society's eventual defeat of the virus. This bracelet is comfortable and easy to put on and is made from durable silicone and stainless steel. And it is made for a one size that will fit everyone and it weighs 0.75 ounces. So like it, dude, this is going to be a fashion accessory. This is going to be like a look at me. I have my fucking dude. I'm telling you, this is going to be like a, like swatch in the eighties. This is going to be like a fucking apple, uh, you know, like an apple fucking watch. Now, you know, yeah. this is going to be a symbol and I don't know if you can hear this. I'm going to try to play this little fucking video. They made a fucking video. And um, I'm going to try to... Tell me if you can hear it, okay? okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do it. But I'm going to try to make it so you can hear it. Um, how can I show the world that I am vaccinated? Okay. How can I begin to reclaim some normalcy? All right. I hear it is soft. Okay, if I'm good. Thinking... How can I show the world that I am? How there can you. I begin to reclaim some normalcy in my life? Well, now you can wear the Uniband adjustable bracelet. It's the only secure way to take your vaccine card with you wherever you go and share it with whoever you want. Each bracelet has a unique QR code that is pin protected. And its distinctive design lets the world know that you have been vaccinated. So let's band together to beat this pandemic. One step, one vaccination, and one immunoband bracelet at a time. Interest today at immunoband.com. Okay, were you able to hear that? Yeah, it came out a little bit soft, but I think the general. It has a, like, the tone of the voice sounds like, if you ever watch a lot of sci-fi from, like, the 80s and 90s, there's a lot of commercials in those movies where they advertise stuff exactly like this bullshit. Like, we're living in some weird RoboCop version of the future. Yeah, dude, it's creepy. It's fucking weird. Um, it's fucking weird. Um, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> like, just and it, like when you watch it, it's almost like, uh, let me see here. Oh, I might have shut all of I don't care. Whatever. You got the gist of it. So, like, I almost thought it was fake the first time I watched it. I thought it was a joke. Like, the way they fucking say it, it's like, do you want to show everyone around you that you've been vaccinated? Now you can with Immunobrand. With Immunoband, you know, dude, it 
anyways, I'm telling you, like, if you listen to this show, you're going to hear me and Tony predict the future. Okay. Because we pay attention to this bullshit. This is going to be a thing. This is going to be a very big thing. And you're not going to be able to go into Winco without a mask, without your Immuna band pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. All the stores that have may not pass full on vaccine passports because they're going to get the government is going to get too much pushback on it. So they're going to let the private sector take it. I think, though, like the one thing that will give me hope is that people are trying to figure out stores that aren't complying to this stuff. And if it does go this way, I think there will be some holdouts. There'll be a few places that we can still shop and get our stuff done. Now, the problem with this is, is that for some reason, like, I'm sure that there's going to be, like, a riot in these stores or something like that. Like, there'll be some, like, bullshit about, like, the owner being a white supremacist or something. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we, like, that's my fear, too, is that we've normalized violence. Like, we can have people just destroy businesses I mean don't destroy like Amazon or anything like that but you know your local mom and pop sandwich shop feel free to burn that down oh dude I just got uh, I've been uh, tweeting people I've been hitting people up on Twitter and uh, are you familiar with are are you on Twitter at all not yet no man I'm I'm afraid to go now (laughs) get on Twitter god damn it get on Twitter Quit being a boomer. Okay, uh, I I reached out to Sal the Agoras. Do you know who that is? Yeah, dude, he's a big guy and he's a fucking awesome guy. I've been following him forever. Uh, I reached out to him and I asked him to come on our podcast. He said, "Yeah, let's do it." Sweet, dude. Fuck yeah, I want to pick his brain because I want to get the Agorist. Um, I mean, and that's what I specifically asked him, too. I was like, I want to talk about the differences between agorism or agorism and uh, and anarcho-capitalism. I want to get, like, why agorists are, are anti-political. Because, like, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a few guys on from the Mises Caucus, right? We're going to have a guy on named Peter Panarchy. He's, a, he's also a homie from... Uh, the Portland area, and he's and he's a Mises guy, and we're going to have a conversation with him probably next week, and he's going to give us his pitch for the Mises caucus, and 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 that's exciting. Like I I'm willing to hear him out. Like I love Dave Smith. I am one of those annoying uh, autistic anti political anarchists that think it's impure and wrong to to get involved in politics, but. Um, like full disclosure, that's where I'm coming from. But I'm starting to like flirt with the idea that maybe it might be important in some ways. Like, and Tony is more of a minarchist and has never really been opposed to like the political solution to bring about freedom. So, like, so like, anyway, it's like we're gonna we're gonna talk to some cats, and uh, but I really want to hear from Sal, who's like the motherfucking agorist and agorism dude is very anti-political like yeah okay that's awesome that he's gonna be on the show um hell yeah dude hell yeah <laughs> i'm excited 
I was thinking about this after our last show about whether or not you can call yourself an anarchist if you vote at all. And one of the things is like, if you don't necessarily like, you, you, anarchism is not necessarily recognizing the legitimacy of government, but the idea like it, you don't recognize the power of it just seems kind of silly to me. Now I'm not saying that you should vote or not vote. Like that's a private thing. But I was thinking, like, okay, suppose you live in a place where, like, there's a sheriff or something like that. And I live in some, and it sucks. Everything's illegal. And then all of a sudden this guy comes along and goes, like, hey, if you can't point out a victim, I don't see a crime. And you vote that guy in. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that in theory. Like, everyone is freer. I think where the problem can come in is if you become dependent on the process to create more freedom for yourself not taking freedom away from anyone else and you're not dependent on that as the only way of getting something done I legit don't see any reason why you just wouldn't use it as a tactic I think the emotional investment in politics is a problem but not the practical like well this makes sense to do in this particular situation so I don't know what do you feel about that man like okay, so uh, I go back to what Matt Erickson Matt Erickson said, as far as like libertarians dying f- with their principles, right? Like willing to die for their principles in a way, like um, and, and he was saying it in a negative way, <laughs> like because like I very much for the last several years have been like a voluntarist slash agorist. Um, where any way of like voting was seen as like okay like basically it's like this okay walter block makes this argument that if let's say that we have two slave masters and we get to vote with who who our slave master is one of us beats us more one of the slave masters beats us more or one of us uh feeds us more so one of us will beat us more but he feeds us better food. The other one beats beats us less, but gives us shittier food. And some people legitimately appreciate the better food, and they're like, "Okay, I'll take a bit. I'll take a worse beating," you know, or vice versa. And he was saying that, like, what right do you have as far as democracy goes to to have a say in that? Like, you're voting against your fellow man that feels a different way. You're like voting for the this different master that's going to rule in a different way, and in that way, it's violent, right? Or think about this, like the voluntarist way. It's like, let's say that I vote for this particular person, and they pass a law that now infringes on uh, my fellow man and it affects him because we know what law is every single time a law is passed. It is, or I'll fucking kill you. That is, that's how every law, like it doesn't say that, but implicitly that is what it says at the end of every single law. Every single law has to be enforced with, with a gun, right? So in that way, voting can be conceived as a violent method. Like it's a violent act to vote. And so like, that is why voluntarists, that's what voluntarism was. It was this anti-political movement that came out of like uh, anarcho-capitalism where they said like, we will not 
involve ourselves in the political method whatsoever because voting is violence voting is like it it is like um uh, like it's 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 like putting us it's what's the word that i'm looking for it's like it's I, I can't I I'm fucking I'm I'm a retard dude I'm not a fucking philosopher I read philosophers but I'm not a philosopher um but you know what I'm saying it like it establishes the status quo it like fucking so okay so I come from that angle right that's where I was for years okay where I was a fucking full-on voluntarist and I was like you know what I will not fucking I won't vote because i think it's fucked up and it is being part of this disgusting political system and it's reinforcing this political system right and i want everyone to walk away from it but at the same time are we doing this now to our detriment where if we don't get involved somewhat in some ways even if it's like in uh just even in strategic ways could we bring about freedom I don't know. I kind of don't think so. I actually don't think that they would actually put anything on. I don't think they they would ever put anything substantial on the voting. Uh, you, well, because let me give you an example. Every single one of these like governors that have been like attacking our freedom ha- and have been shutting down like like stores and churches and putting mask mandates and all that kind of crazy bullshit. They've been doing this with like um, none of that is stuff that is voted on. They just uh, they've just passed decrees, basically. Right. It's not law like they've passed mandates, but that's not a law like it's it's actually like it should be unenforceable. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I'm still weird about it. And that's why I actually want to get like Peter Panarchy on here. That's why I want to get Aaron from uh, Timeline Earth. That's another guy who said that he's going to be on our podcast. I'm really excited about it. He's fucking funny and he's really fucking smart, but he's also just like really out of the box and quirky and hilarious and funny. So I'm excited to have him on. Um, I'm going to reach out to Matt Erickson again. He said that he was going to come on. I don't know if he is or isn't, but hopefully I haven't heard from him in a few days, so I don't know. But I, and then I want Sal to fucking pitch it. Like I'm still agnostic, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and I think it's a very personal choice. I don't want to push anyone to vote or not to vote. I almost kind of want to go further than that and just be like, it doesn't matter. Like you know, in your heart, what you feel is doing, and whether or not it's creating more strife with people you're putting people under restrictions or and i think it's very rare that you're going to get up anyone worth voting for i think referendums can be good voting down stuff can be good um so i don't know like i think that i think it's more of a cultural thing like speaking of the matt erickson thing that um the podcast that you had me listen to the liberty lockdown like, yeah, get into a little bit of it where there, there's this one part I really want to push back on is that he says that people are rejecting libertarianism, like, people don't want to buy this product. And I was just thinking about that today as I was listening to that, and that just seems crazy because I feel like there is such a market for anything liberty right now. Like, Michael Malice has a best selling book on Amazon where he's just basically writing, like, 
a collection of writings from anarchists from like the last century. Not exactly something that would have sold a year or two ago. Yeah, or- dude, I, I gotta say that like I dude, I, I really like Matt Erickson. I really liked what he had to say. I think that he had about a million really fantastic criticisms, but not a lot of good answers. And I I think that's really where it came down to. Like he had some serious criticisms that like shook me for a minute. I was like, fuck dude, he's right. Holy shit. He's right. Like, and how, how do we, you know, and how do we use these Machiavellian strategies to achieve Liberty? Like that's like, because you and I had been talking about that. Like we had been talking about like, how we're going to have to fucking play this game of monopoly. Right. Like that was the first little inklings that I had that I was like, maybe I'm not a voluntarist. Maybe I want to take over a small little town in the middle of nowhere. Like maybe I want to get elected governor and you be elected sheriff. And we like, you know what I'm saying? And we have a buddy that gets elected postmaster and we just take over this small little town and we just have our own mini and Kapistan, right? Like, and we can use the Machiavellian strategy to take over this little town and we can just use the voting like structure against itself. And we can just have our own little tiny piece of paradise. Right. And then little by little, like people will hear about it and we can bring more people in, you know, like, I like I don't know man or even like we even talked about turning it into a church having a 501c3 like the church of libertas you know what I mean like yeah I, I'm down with all of that like I am like so, that sounds awesome yeah like I'm down with all of that but I'm also I don't think that that's the I think there's a million different ways to go about this I think that if you look if you're looking at this from like we need to come up with the one right answer like that's a problem in and of itself like yeah, like if like whatever your situation is is going to determine what you should do, and I think like yeah, if you have the opportunity to buy some land with some people, awesome, do it. I think engaging with people politically, I think that like one of the problems is that we go to government schools where we're indoctrinated with, and it doesn't even have to be a strong indoctrination. Like any, like I'm old, so like every teacher I had as a kid, like elementary school teacher, no one would have said that they were a socialist. They would have said that shit doesn't work. But if you ask them any kind of like, what do we do with this social problem? They would have said some government solution. So they were socialists. They just yeah. didn't, like they didn't know that in themselves. So we're putting kids in this system where they're not getting exposed to any other answers. So then when you come along with something of like, well, we should get rid of regulations or we should abolish schools or we should like not have taxes. That's crazy for most people. They just like, because it's so outside of people's view that you do have to connect dots with people. You have to know when to talk to people. You got to know who to talk to. If people are in a crowd with their friends, like they're not going to be open and receptive to new ideas that are going to taint them and make them a social pariah. So I think we need to like learn to like we need to learn like soft skills about like how to sell ideas to people too. It's not for everyone. Like everyone choose their own adventure, but I think the idea to say like people are rejecting liberty because you personally cannot sell it to people, like no man, like that's <laughs> that's, that's no, sorry, man. Like it, it can be sold. And like, like, I don't know, like, not, I'm not going to like hop on, like, whatever you feel about Dave Smith, like, I don't care. Like, I don't know him. I do not know whether or not he's a narcissist or the nicest guy in the world. And there's no way I'm ever going to know. So like, I don't care about that, but he is. We'll see. 
Yeah, he's effective, man. And see, that's where I started to take a little bit of personal pushback on that because it was like, I, I, and so maybe this is like this is my own little soft spot. And so, I full disclosure, Dave Smith is the reason why I'm a fucking libertarian. Like, I listened to Dave Smith. Uh, I I was listening to Dave Smith on the Legion of Skanks when he was just a fucking like dirty comedian and he's always been a libertarian like he was a libertarian then but like i libertarianism was a joke like when i had ever when i heard it i actually had a bad taste in my mouth uh, listening about li- like people had already been talking about libertarianism because well we live in a commie hellhole right and so anybody that talked about libertarianism they were joking about it and saying how terrible it was but i heard him on his own podcast part of the problem and i heard him on ari shafir's podcast and he did this one episode called um he goes on ari shafir's ep- uh, on ari shafir's podcast it's called skeptic tank and every year he does a um he calls it what the hell do they call it um well, whatever. He does an annual fucking podcast with Ari Shafir, and um, the the I guess I, they call it the Union Address or something. Anyways, and he just he was just explaining libertarianism, and like at that point, I was just your basic like I was a fucking Bernie bro. I was a fucking like progressive uh, with socialist tendencies. I was like, I was pretty fucking far leftist. I thought like, you know, you know what I mean? I was every asshole idiot. And, and I, and he just explained libertarianism and it fucking made sense. And it was consistent because like, I was already getting these little quirks about like, about leftism and liberalism that like, where it wasn't consistent you know what i mean like like i was still anti-war but nobody else was like everybody had given up on that i was still like pro-free speech and everybody had given up on that you know and so anyways dave smith like sold me on libertarianism and he was like he's like my granddaddy you know what i mean that's my boo and i've been on that intellectual journey with dave smith like from like i don't dude it's been goddamn years dude like uh, what like it's gotta have been since like 2015 right so it's been like six years ago that i discovered libertarianism through dave smith and so i've got a soft spot in my heart for him so i don't think he's this crazy narcissist like <laughs> like whatever the fuck matt erickson was saying um i i still i want to hear what matt erickson has to say I think Matt Erickson is a very smart guy. I want to hear his criticisms of the Mises caucus in general. I want to hear his critiques on libertarianism in general. I want to get his feedback on like, what are your actual thoughts? Like how could we actually achieve Liberty in our lifetimes? Like let's use that Machiavellian strategy. But I thought it was pretty unfair. The the personal attacks that he was did. And that's what you were saying. It was like, he was going a little far with it. And then also like what you were, what you were saying before was like that people don't want Liberty. All I can say is this, like maybe that was true for a long time and maybe people get dormant and comfortable for a long time. But I can tell you that like since 2000, like since, uh, sorry, since 2020, since this whole fucking COVID thing has happened, there has been a new fire ignited in people because like most people I'll, I'll admit, 
are okay with the lockdowns. They're like, oh, well, masks keep us safe. Uh, stay home, save lives, that kind of bullshit. But you know what? There was a huge movement of people that were like, woke the fuck up over this and said, what the hell is going on? I've never seen anything like this. Like, Tony, that's that's how you woke up, right? Like, uh, during 2020, this was like a huge fucking wake-up call for you. Like, I have seen this liberty movement, whatever you want to call it, like, increase like tenfold in this last like year and a half, two years. So I think that like people are ripe. And I think people are hungry for liberty. Yeah, I don't like one of the things that really struck me is that I always saw power as a way to get something. So the idea that like what's happening now where power is just for its own sake, like I couldn't imagine that before this year. But that's what's kind of happening. But yeah, like, I think, first of all, there's a lot of mental illness going on right now. And I feel like all these, like, inconsistencies with a lot of leftist thought, that is creating mental health problems within people because you want to have a clear, consistent view of the world. You want to have this, like, I do this now because of this set of principles. And you just go about your life like that and you figure out it works as best as it can. So I think a lot of people who are, even a lot of the pro lockdown people, like they're really like they're really in bad shape. Like they're abused in most places. And I think that there's a lot of people I mean, there's a lot of people who are staying quiet because they got jobs they wanna keep, they wanna like not they they're just surviving at this point. There's huge though, there's like huge like did you see that like English protest where like there's just like blocks and blocks and blocks of people dude i heard that there was over a million people that got involved in that dude yeah holy shit yeah england woke the fuck up and they said fuck you not a single person was wearing a mask and they were just like fuck these lockdowns and dude and they were having fun too though they weren't even like angry they were just like you know what? we're done fuck you yeah. we're done yeah, so this idea that, like, people don't want to live... Like, I think that fundamentally, like, that's some innate human being. Like, except for, like, like every animal is wild, and we want to stay wild. Like, we're a highly social animal, and we live in cities, and we have to... It's weird for us, because we're socialized in such a weird way. But we want to be free. I think that that's just so innate within us. And I think the problem is, like, we don't know how to get there. So, like, this idea that people like i hate this saying that when people say like people don't want to be free they want to be safe and it's just like well i want to be safe too like i i ride my car down the right side of the road like you know what i mean like i don't walk through dark alleys at night like there is like basic precautions i take and you've got to like i think that people need to be free and safe because it's such a false dichotomy like you're not going to well, be more free if you give up safety i mean well like, here's the like, thing is that i think that a lot of time people have had their fear exploited and then they sold whatever freedom they had in the moment for safety. And I think that that can easily be done when people are scared. Yeah. Right. So like right after nine 11, people were fucking terrified. And like before that dude, you could just jump on a plane. 
There was no fucking. They didn't like make you take off your shoes. They didn't like fondle your penis. They didn't X-ray your baggage. They didn't do all that crazy fucking bullshit. You could just like show up and be like, "Hey, I'll take the next flight to Timbuktu," and they'd be like, "Okay, give me fifth, you know, five hundred bucks, whatever. Get on the plane. Bye. Like, have fun." And it that was a different world, and it has never been like that ever since. And so people gave up freedom for this illusion of safety because like they they've shown time after time after time like that they're that the tsa doesn't catch potential threats like they had like a 90 percent failure rate or something like because like they had people like bring fake bombs on their like in their like like bite her crotch or something or like put some crazy shit in their shoe or you know what I mean? I and they would just get Yeah, dude, like they just won't catch that shit. Like the TSA is just inept, but what does it do? It makes you stop. It makes you like it, they like I don't know, man. It's just it's just it's fucked now. You know what I mean? And and people when they're scared, they're they exploit that fear and normal people don't see the, what the bad side the bad, they don't think of like 10 steps ahead where the government is going to take advantage of this new thing. Yeah. Like, you know what? He, who really wrote about this good as Naomi Klein in the shock doctrine, who's like, she's a full on socialist, but just like, she really breaks down the process of how, I mean, nine 11 and other things, like, they just repeatedly traumatized us with this. And in that moment, you seize power. And I feel like even, like, someone like her is, like, this person that would be libertarian or, like, that's, like, her, like, inclination. Like, there's so many people who are in this socialist, leftist world. And if you could just show them how to get over here intellectually and be like, hey, all the things that you want to do, like, you got this postcard, we got this roadmap. Like, you're not going to be able to figure out how to get there with your policies. Yeah. And I think that we've like, we've got like a really bad um, way of talking to people. Sometimes like we just like want to be all like, like we just want to be right. We want to be smug about something. I mean, not necessarily like all of us, but like there is that tendency of like, Oh, everyone's an idiot, but us. And just really, you know, it's like, like, uh, we need a softer approach. I think that, like, I think the idea of, like, selling the idea that freedom is a good idea isn't the hardest thing to do. In the Like, I think it's a very doable thing. And I think that we, like, whether or not you vote or not is probably not that. Like, I don't want to spend too much time philosophically debating that. Because, like, that doesn't change culture. And if you change culture, then whether or not we have a political system or not, it's a very different one. It's a lot freer one. Like, whether or not we get to the point of no government, I don't know. But we don't need a government to tell us that we need an immuna bracelet. Like, that's something we definitely do not need. I don't want that reality. Like, that's the reality we're looking at. Um, yeah, I mean, I, okay, I love Craig. Craig's my boy. Uh, Craig from the Bad Roman where like yeah. we had we've had lots of conversations and like he's just so adamant about the non-voting thing and how if you i just like to me 
it's just it's a hard sell to normal people like so he has this whole thing where it's like it's all or nothing and black and white and like and i actually appreciate that because like that's where i came from from a long time but like we also have to see like maybe the Mises caucus is doing something important as far as like red pilling normies and putting in the small amount of work because like basically craig was just saying like look no uh, like we're not going to get more people that way we're not going to get more anarchists that way and and i was just like i look that's where i came from you know what i mean like i i voted for gary fucking johnson in 2016 like we like yes people like that fucking there is a minarchist to anarchist pipeline and there is a lp to full-on agorist, full-on fucking revolutionary anarchist. Like, like we, we, I don't think that the Mises Caucus is necessarily doing a bad thing by using the political system, by red-pilling normal people, and getting them, you know, introduced to these ideas of fucking, uh, of liberty, man. Like, I, it might not be the route that I think is the most effective. I, it might not be the most effective route for, like, what we want to see in the world, but like maybe it is an effective route to red pill more people because like, can you like, besides Ron Paul, maybe Tom Woods, can you think of another person that has like red pilled and brought more people to libertarianism than Dave Smith? Um, well, I would say Michael Malice, but that's kind of an not point. even man. I really don't think so. Like Michael Malice is fantastic, and I think Michael Malice preaches to the choir. And like I think people that know libertarianism know Michael Malice because Michael Malice doesn't even call himself a libertarian, which well, he's yeah, an annoying yeah. asshole like me that says I'm not a libertarian. I'm just an anarchist. And, like because I do the same thing. But um, but yes, maybe okay. But like, yeah, there's but a very short list. He's There's a very top, short list. <laughs> yeah, he's top tier for sure. And that's, yeah, and I think also too, we have to stop looking at this in the abstract and look at the lives that we're leading right now. Like, okay, before I last week, I ended up watching this um Tim cast with them, Yomi Park, who was this woman who escaped North Korea, and she's describing North Korea. She's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah I've seen a lot of her. I I didn't see this specific interview, but I've seen a lot with her. Go ahead, sorry. No, but she's describing a reality that could happen here pretty easily. And dude, I heard her say that it's worse here. Did you hear her say that? She says it's actually worse here. Well, we eat better, but yeah, like yeah, we eat better. (laughs) But but the tracking technology, like North Korea started in the fifties, so. Like the technology to surveil people, like they're building on that infrastructure. The infrastructure that we're going to build on is going to be so much harder to get out of. So we really have to consider like what's really at stake here. And I'm not like, yeah, like have principles for sure, but like, like really think about whether or not like what we're doing is crossing our principles or not, or just like, like if I'm going to vote for someone that is not actually going to take away liberty like yes like they're taking a paycheck from the like they're taking tax money or whatever but like that like I I can't go completely 
Well, okay. Uh, what I was gonna say is like, okay, we can go full autist. We can go full on autistic and say that we think voting is wrong because, like, I think that the case for voting is violence is actually solid. Like, I think if you follow it, like, if you follow your principles and you follow, like, um, I think that it, it's sound. I think that that argument is one. But when we look at our enemy, who is our enemy right now? People like Klaus Schwab. People that, like the World Economic Forum. The people that are going to... Uh, that are going to um, censor and that they, they've said that they're going to crack down on conduct and content online. Like when we say that shit, like when we see that, like how can I fucking then attack my little brother, my little minarchist brother and say, you know, voting is wrong, right? You're stupid for voting, right? Like, yeah, I like, like we need to be attacking on every single front. We need to be pressing this. We need to be pushing this to the forefront forefront. We need to be attacking these globalist fucking psychopaths that are trying to take over the fucking planet. And like if Dave Smith is waking some people up, good. We need more people, man. Yeah, and I think that this is, like, I, I don't think that voting is effective 95% of the time because you get your pre-approved candidates and it's not going to change. So it's like, I think it's a very small like part of the equation and it might not affect you at all and there might be better things to do. And I'm not trying to um, get anyone to vote or not. Like, I just really want to stress that. But I think that we really have to look at the potential for what can happen to us and also the potential of the life that we like we can create such a better world like i'm not a utopianist but like i was just thinking about like okay like in your ANCAP future whatever it is you're gonna have to pay people to throw stuff away that's gonna get rid of so much trash right there like we're just gonna produce so much less packaging like there's gonna be so many problems that really will just disappear and we have these two futures and I think waking up people culturally, that's the biggest thing we can do. Like nothing else is going to even come close to that because if you create a culture of agorist where people are, it doesn't matter whether or not we have a government or not. Like it's a very weak government. It has less power. And I don't know whether or not, like I can we actually even achieve a true anarchist state? Like, I don't know. Like, I think we can create, we possibly, we can definitely go in that direction a lot further, you know? Well, and then just how much energy is expelled by, like, fighting with each other and this no true Scotsman type of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, again, I love Craig, but then I would, like, as soon as we were getting on an interesting topic, he'd be like, no. <laughs> like he's like no it's absolutely not okay no you can't vote no you can't use the political structure and i'm like okay okay and now tell me the same argument again got it okay and and you're right again you're fucking bringing like the fit like philosophical like he's right and i agree with him but i'm like what else are you bringing to the table 
Like, well, yeah, and I think that that's the thing. Like, if you're not voting, that's fine. Like, are you paying taxes? Because that's going to contribute a lot more. So if you're going to, like, like, worry about not paying taxes. Try to figure that one out. And don't vote. I don't know. Like, if you can not vote and not pay taxes, awesome. And, people and start vote. incrementally. Think about different ways that you can start not paying taxes. Like, start little side hustles here and there. Like, do what you can to like produce and to sell and to make a good item and you, you know what i'm saying like create a good make yourself uh, make yourself valuable you know like what do you, what are you good at now how can you do that without giving your cut to this blood thirsty psychopathic freak government that wants to kill people how do we starve that beast little by little because that's how agorism started it was just this philosophical idea, this philosophical, like, basically, like, agorism was putting anarchism to work. Like, like we, like, they want what anarcho-capitalists want, but, like, agorism was a, was, like, a thought of, like, okay, but how do we do it now? You know, yeah. like, how do we make it happen? Like, it, it's, like, it's more of a means to achieve the end. And I see it as this, like, beautiful philosophy of, like, you know, of, like, putting our fucking, our words into practice. Yeah, so, like, very- maybe you can't, like, stop paying taxes altogether right now because you're like, oh, shit, if I, you know, if I do that, I'm definitely going to go to prison, right? But, like, start thinking of little ways that you can stop paying taxes. Yeah, I think that's a really important part too. Is don't end up in prison. Like, don't like, go to prison. It's, it's not going to help. A marathon, not a sprint. Like, you were in it for a while, and I that thinking longer term rather than just trying to like, because yeah, oh my you're God. worth more to us on the outside than the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely avoid. Don't don't click anything on Facebook. <laughs> and and hey, sure big legally big. don't pay taxes. Whatever it is. <laughs> And uh, also, everything we're saying right now is for entertainment purposes only. Oh, clearly, clearly. We shouldn't even have to say <laughs> that. We're paying for sonus. This is not real. Don't pay taxes to those psychopaths. Wink, 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 wink. I mean, also, pay your taxes and be a good citizen. <laughs> yeah, I was... Um... Yeah, we need to, like... I, I think the aggregate is um that's like the biggest thing besides like that and just building communities building economies um i don't know man that's that's what we need to do and then all of this I, goes away Magic. i want to give a big shout out and say rest in peace to john mcafee um obviously he did not kill himself Man, that's a sad, sad thing. You know that John McAfee died, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, dude, dude, I god damn, I love John McAfee. Like, okay, (laughs) I've I've heard all kinds of crazy shit about maybe him being a rapist or something. I didn't watch the documentary. I have no idea, but or that he murdered his neighbors and maybe he did. I have no idea. Maybe he had a good reason to. Maybe they were feds. I don't know. But what I will say is, like, I've watched enough countless videos of, of John McAfee 
where he was like being philosophically consistent as far as being a libertarian. And then he would go like, now watch this. And then he would pour, he would take a fucking bottle of whiskey, dude. And he'd pour it into a giant glass and be like, you see these? These are called bath salts. Yeah. You know, that guy that ate the other guy's face. Yeah. Bath salts. And he's like, and then he'd like dump a fucking handful of bath salts in his hand and then he would pop them and then he would chug that, that glass of whiskey. And then, <laughs> and then there was like a giant eight foot black man with like an AK 47 behind him. And, and then there's like a hooker in the background. And he's like, all right, <laughs> you know, like I, that man is think of when they think of libertarians dude oh my god do i love him like i remember listening to him on the free thought projects uh podcast and he's like it's 10 o'clock this is when i when i shoot heroin so i'm gonna have to go and then the guy was like uh like dude you can shoot heroin right now and he's like you don't mind? He's like, no, go ahead. He's like, okay. And so there's like a hooker tying him off. Or, you know, whatever's going on. I don't know. I like listen to the audio. I didn't see the video. And so he's sitting there shooting heroin on a live podcast. It just keeps going. It doesn't miss a beat. Like, John McAfee is such a bad motherfucker. I I I don't know how much of that. Like, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not real with him. It was, um... dude. I just saying, man. Like, if if you were going to, you know how? Like, if I could choose one celebrity to hang out with, it would have been John McAfee. Oh man, like it'd be hard to survive. <laughs> I just would have. I wanted to be a fly on the wall. I would. I would have kicked it. I would have fucking took a fucking bath salt with. John McAfee, we could have fucking, you know, I would have taken one bath salt, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, just for the story, just be like, yeah, I took bath salts with John McAfee. Yeah. yeah Good so- lord. He's a crazy dude, man. He's, um, it's really crazy to think that, like, he has, he was a pro, like, he, designed spy like anti-virus wear well dude that was the thing it's like he was a fucking genius at the same time he he, like wrote all the code he was the fucking internet man and like okay like if you listen to um if you listen to monica perez she called this shit like six months ago she goes look uh, like john mcafee is going to be really important in all this because like they're going to tell us that like um like essentially like how the internet is going to go down and how it's going to be destroyed. Right. We're going to get an internet 2.0 and how there's like all of these, like, uh, like cyber attacks that are coming from malicious governments maybe. And it's probably all the Russians and they're taking down infrastructure and they're doing all this crazy shit. And she was like, she just made a comment. She was like, look, John McAfee is going to be a really important voice in all of this because he understands this better than anyone. And he is going to be able to tell us what is real and what's not real and what has been like put up and fake and what the government is lying about. And, 
and dude, and right when all this shit is about to go down, like, I, okay, again, we're like I said, if you listen to the show, you're gonna get a glimpse into the future. Watch as I right now, there's going to be some major cyber attack that happens in the next month. There's going to be a major cyber attack that happens that takes down the grid, that takes down the infrastructure, that takes down all this crazy bullshit, and that like makes the internet way more hard to access. And it's going to be it, people are going to fucking die. This is going to be a thing. Watch. There's going to be an I nine eleven. This has been in the works. It's already written into law. They have their fucking they have their their Internet Patriot Act written. Yeah, I think that the internet's going to be more part. I think that like the future of the internet might be like USB drives being smuggled around. I think that that might be the next thing that we are going to have to do is just basically put everything on USB drives and pass them around to each other like mixtapes. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool, man. All blockchain and all kinds of something. Yeah, like I just feel like like this is just a cat and mouse game. Like they they're definitely going to try to censor us. They're definitely going to try to fuck with us because that's what they do. And we're going to try to figure something out to get around it because that's what we do. Yeah, and we have like we have so much technology on our side. Well, I'm just sad that John McAfee that we lost a fucking warrior and a general. On you know what I mean for freedoms on freedom side for the internet like I think like I said like uh, and like Monica Perez said like he needed to be taken out for this to happen yeah because otherwise dude John McAfee he is the antivirus king what could he have done you know what I mean like John McAfee could have been Neo yeah well there'll be other ones There's... there will. There will, absolutely. But I'm just sad to see John McAfee go. All right. So rest in peace, John. Rest in peace, John. I I hope that you are still doing coke and fucking hookers and strippers. I hope that you're still guzzling liquor. And I hope that you're shooting guns in heaven somewhere, buddy. I hope that like the next life is beautiful. And I hope that you're having a great time, my friend. I'm sorry that they took you out. There's no way you killed yourself. Uh, rest in peace, brother. Yeah. Well said. All right. That's a good note. Yeah, that's a good note. I guess we, we just passed the two-hour mark. Yeah, I don't know how much more I got to say, really, about any. Do you have anything else? Um... I would just say, let's quit fighting amongst ourselves. Like, I'm seeing a lot, dude. Like, I, if you, again, I tell you to go on Twitter, but Twitter's also a dumpster fire. Like, libertarians are fighting amongst each other and are at each other's throats. And I'm like, we need to keep our eye on the enemy. And who is the enemy? The enemy is the state. The enemy is, like, bigger than the state. The enemy is this international cabal of psychopaths. And there's that little psychopath uh like klaus schwab we need to be keeping an eye on that piece of shit and we just need to quit playing the fucking true scotsman game and okay you're not a real anarchist well you are an anarchist and like okay how about if 
if our fellow man is fighting amongst us. Like, I mean, basically, that's what fucking Murray Rothbard said. Like, Murray Rothbard had this whole fucking treatise about how, like, I don't care if you're an anarchist or a fucking minarchist. If you're willing to press that button, if you hate the state, if you're coming from a place where you say, fuck the state, I'm ready to press that button so hard and so fast that I fucking blister my fingers. Like, whatever you are, you are my ally. So we need to be keeping an eye on the fucking prize and not fighting amongst ourselves. So unity amongst people that hate the state and keep an eye on the psychopaths that are in charge and just say, peace, love, and anarchy. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, all the fighting and fighting, like, it's just, it's not productive. I mean, be productive in whatever we're doing. You know, I will not- cheer on my Mises caucus brothers that are trying to de- de- that are trying to decriminalize like mushrooms in Oklahoma. Like they're trying to de- they're tr- they're making moves, dude. They're trying to do some some shit that like what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like good for you. Like I make I make anti-state propaganda all day long. I'm one of those extremists Facebook warns you about. I'm making memes 24 hours a day. Like that's my little piece of freedom. That's what I'm doing to contribute. But who am I to attack a brother that's trying to decriminalize, like, a fucking non-criminal offense, like, like a victimless crime? Like, good. Let's fucking legalize that shit. Let's let, let's let people live. Like, attack the state on every single fucking front. Good. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, man. We all got a pot to play, and we all need to do something. And we don't just because someone else is doing something different. Just trust that they're doing something that's gonna help out in some way. And if they're not, you know, just do your part, anyways. And yeah. All right, man. Well, don't lose well, any fingers this weekend. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll attempt not to. All right. <laughs> you as well, my friend. All right. Take All care. right. Peace, brother. All right. Bye.